We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hello, everybody. Hey, now. And welcome to another edition of Courtside with Christy and Gabe right here on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter Scott, joined as always by my guy. We're Euro <laughs> stepping. Oh, the Euro is over there. <laughs> Gabe uh, Ibrahim, Gabe, there have been so many tweets about the WNBA season starting this past weekend, so many Instagrams and all of that, but listen, there were so many eyeballs on the WNBA this past weekend, opening weekend for the league, saw monstrous numbers, as it should have, because there were some amazing games, some amazing moments as well. I'm going to tap into all of it. And, and I could tell we're really excited because we started this podcast already, and both we've started this podcast twice. Christy has not done our countdown either time. She just goes right into it. I just jumped in. We're, we're not doing a countdown. And the first time, she was so excited, she slapped the phone I that she's using phone. to record. Yeah. It, it was a great blooper. Maybe we'll throw it in at the end of this podcast. So yeah. Stick around if you want to see a, a phone. Yeah, we'll send, to, send to Shafton or something. We're just so excited. We're so excited for the start of the WNBA season. I mean, like, you know, obviously we went to the Mystics games. Well, you went to both Mystics games this weekend. I went to uh, the first Mystics game to open yeah. the season, which was incredible and shocking. And there's an awesome thing that we definitely have to talk about. Yeah. Uh, then throughout the weekend, we just had some amazing moments from, you know, everyone. Arike had a big game. Obviously, BG coming back was the big yeah. story. Stewie had a franchise record in her second game with the franchise, which seems very on brand for her. Yeah. Um, so it's just like so much stuff was was happening this weekend and just like beautiful opening to the WNBA season. Uh, and, and we do want to say, I, I want to say before we get into all of this, because we're going to get go. we're going to overreact, obviously. OK, good. In the WNBA specifically and yeah. in every league generally, the start of the season doesn't super matter, um, especially in the WNBA where we're getting players back and people are starting to get into shape still like 40 games. It's 40 games. So it's not now is not the end all be all of the season. If you've had some bad losses, excuse me, the Minnesota Lynx, 
If you had some bad losses, now's not the time to freak out. Right. But if you had some great wins, now's not the time to think that you are world beaters either. So uh, just wanted to get that out of the way before we yeah. get into all of the start of the talk. <laughs> you had to put the disclaimer out there. But no, hey, I think we have to start with BG, right? Let's I mean, start. everyone was out to LA to watch her season opener and then the home opener where she was just phenomenal, right? I think with, I think it was over, what, 300 days yes. without something playing basketball. And I don't know, it's just unfathomable that she's even doing as well as she's doing. And it's not just her shot rhythm that I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about mentally getting back on the court with her team in front of a sold out crowd everywhere she goes. And then to have Billie Jean King, Magic Johnson, and Lisa Leslie, all the people in the building, you know, standing and cheering her on as her name was announced. I mean, I still get the little chills down my arm for that moment because we just didn't know that we she did. would ever play ever again. Um, so to see her back on the floor and everyone with the welcome back BG um, comments that they had across the league, all the players. I mean, it was so much bigger than basketball. You could see all the hugs and, you know, it was just really fun to see that dynamic of the game. Obviously the game, and we love the game, but that dynamic, the sisterhood, the camaraderie, the brotherhood sisterhood with Magic Johnson there going in the locker rooms with uh, Vice President mm -hmm. Kamala Harris going into the locker room and speaking with both teams. It's just the respect. I think it just washed over me that, wow, it's, you know, they care about you as a person, mm -hmm. Brittany Griner. And everyone else knows that the league cares that much about them as well. And seeing all the love and, and concern and respect sent BG's way, they know they're in um, an all-inclusive, all, you know, when you go to an all-inclusive resort, you know how yeah. freeing that is? Only did it once, but it was great, <laughs> you know? Um, but when you have that, it's um, when you have that confidence and knowing that a whole league and a whole sports community has your back, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, and I think, you know, a shout-out to the X Factor first off, the Phoenix yes. fans. I thought they really showed out for that moment and, and you know the, in la they did too where her, where her first game was and don staley was there and that was really cool but the moment where she came home and you know they're doing the the team introductions and it's mm -hmm. you know sophie cunningham it's diana tarasi and diana tarasi gets a huge ovation they're playing their their regular music to come in right mm -hmm. and then like you know you know bg's coming up last yeah, and so they she kind of starts stepping out, and then the music drops, and they start playing "Coming Home." You know, that's it's a song that comes up a lot now in these situations. She coming home, and you could see Britney like Britney's face, and I love that. You know, obviously cutting her hair was a necessity um, for her, but I yeah. love that she you can see her face more now, and like yeah. she has such an expressive like face that's like infectious almost with her with her emotions, and so you could see her like kind of like drop a little bit when the music stopped and like it got really like it felt like the moment was there and you could see her saying like I cannot cry right now I have right. to keep it together just to walk out because it's supposed to be happy and she she smiled but he, and, and in the, in an interview with uh, uh and with uh oh my god uh and with ESPN she was like 
I was trying to hold back the tears and you could see it on her face when it happened. I just thought that was such a beautiful moment. The X Factor going crazy. I thought the team did a great job with it. I thought BG handled it amazing. Yes. And that moment submit was great and perfect and beautiful. And then as you mentioned, she's playing like this. Like, yeah. She's That's not just, yeah. right? It's not, B Brittany Griner's not just back. Like Brittany Griner is back. She had 27 points in, in the home opener, 18 points in the, um, the first game uh, in, I mean, I'm sorry, 18 points in the first game against Los, uh, Los Angeles, 27 points against Chicago in the home opener, getting to the line, doing it a little bit in the post, doing, she hit a three. I know. That nuts. Was it's just like, I'm so happy that not, she, it just feels like right back into it. Like there's not, you know, we're not dancing around anything. We're not saying, Oh, she's back and she's not, no, no. BG's fully back mentally, physically, and with her game, I just think it's it's an amazing thing. Yeah, no, it was it was beautiful, you know, to see her knock in that three. And I think uh, her percentage wasn't that bad, if I recall. Um, I think Rebecca Lobo said um, she had taken nine or something like that, or four for nine or something. So, I mean, that wasn't bad, you know, to knock it in. It oh. wasn't like it was outside of her skill set, just something that she doesn't do on a common occasion. But for her to knock that down, it was just kind of so theatrical to the moment that was already theatrical. So it was really fun uh, to see the smiles on the faces of all the fans and, you know, all the T-shirts. They had the fat heads and, and all of that. Just the spirit of the moment was really beautiful to watch. But I think that's that's what it's all about. That's what the WNBA represents. Right. Um, they represent holding you up when you're down and. And when you're, you know, on the top or trying to get back, there's that encouragement and that flow of energy that's so positive. And it just, I don't know, it just kind of flowed through the entire arena. Um, I, and everyone who was watching uh, caught a piece of it too. So, I mean, that's what it's all about. And, and it's a life lesson. That's what it teaches you. So it was really fun to, to watch that in real time and not just as a highlight, but to see it real time was, was very moving for sure. So you, uh, the the shooting numbers are actually interesting now that I'm looking at them. From three in her WNBA career, oh, Brittany Griner is seven of 18. So okay. obviously not a ton, right? That's 38%. That's However, Bad. nine of those attempts came in 2021. There you go. So over half of them came in her last year, and in, in, in the last year she played. Something she's been working on. She said that in the post game. Yeah. Um, and, and, I don't know. Maybe she adds it to her game, which is I hope so. terrifying because she's six yeah, nine. Hey, she's go. six nine a month, just a beast down low, and she's developed a nice pitch post game. Like adding the three would be unfair. I mean, like, look, Brittany Griner uh, is already amazing. She's, yeah. she's always been amazing. I think this is kind of the most amazing thing that I've ever. I've, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in sports is that she was gone. <laughs> In in a in a prison cell for a year and a half, Insane. and I had to come right back out. And like it hasn't been, she hasn't been out that long to to say, hey, you know, I'm back into <laughs> shape. No, she's just built like that. I think it's just so impressive that she she is like, yeah, she is who we think she is, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she said it in her uh, press conference, right, mm -hmm. uh, media day. I guess you know when they had just the press conference for her. And she said that, hey, listen, I just tap into those hard practices where I'm exhausted mm -hmm. and I don't know how I'm going to make it through like another hour of this practice when I'm already basically tapped out. 
um, in terms of fatigue. So she said she just tapped into that kind of mentality of all those experiences, like with USA basketball three times over, obviously with her career um, at Baylor and high school AAU and then in the WNBA, but all those hard practices where she was just like, man, I can't go anymore, but you can, right? There, there's always more that you can do. And I think um, she discovered that when she was in Russia, that, you know, the mental capabilities are limitless and the compartmentalization necessary to get through a tough practice, which is, you know, 180, obviously, from the experience of being in a jail cell. Um, but at the same time, you know, mentally, that's the battle. Mm -hmm. That's the battle in life, right, is, is to stay focused on the next day, to stay focused on hope. And I think that's what she did. And, and that's why she's been able to just jump right back in seamlessly and play the way that she's been playing, um, which has been pretty amazing. So, and like you said, teams are still trying to get in shape. Yeah. Teams don't have, you know, so I, I still think we haven't seen the best of her, even though we've no. seen a pretty good snapshot of what Brittany Griner can be this season. But wow, uh, all-star break, Brittany Griner, that's scary. You talk about knocking in threes and all that, you know, in condition with her new, you know, with her teammates, you know, with the new pieces that they have there in Phoenix too. Um, no diamond to shields for a little bit because of a knee yeah. injury there with the mercury. But I mean, she's going to be even better, you know, as she continues to to grow and gain that chemistry. Well, and like the, uh, as you're alluding to, Phoenix needs the scoring real bad. Um, just not just now. I mean, like they do have, they did have some injuries. Sophie Cunningham yeah. missed the first game. She's coming back. Um, you know, you, I, I, not, I, obviously we don't know about Skylar Dickens Smith. Is she playing, um, this she's year? I like baby. I know. Uh, but the, you know, I don't, I, maybe we she don't know what happens. happens. Yeah. We don't know. I don't, with, with moms in this league, nothing <laughs> would shock me like at all. So I, right. if she wanted, if she can, she might play, I don't know. Um, but we don't know what's happening. So there's not a ton of scoring on this team. So she is going to, yeah. if Phoenix is going to do anything this year, it's going to be because mm -hmm. Brittany Griner is at MVP level. Um, right. and she's doing it right now. So it, it's good for them. Uh, I, they are Owen two. We should pump the brakes just a little bit on all the great stuff. Puppy. They're yeah. Owen two. They didn't play, they didn't play particularly well against uh, Los Angeles outside of Griner. It's uh, going to be an uphill battle with the current roster that they have. Yeah. Um, but maybe, you know, hopefully, hopefully Sophie's healthy. Hopefully they get, um, their team, their team back together. And then someone else finds a stroke. Maybe it's Mariah Jefferson. I don't know. Regardless, doesn't the basketball stuff like we mentioned? Well, that's stuff we could talk about later. The moments for great. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you want to do, speaking of moments? Do you want to talk quickly about uh, what Brianna Stewart did? Because man, we're talking about Stu York. Uh, it it was impressive in her. What I that was her home opener, her first yeah. home game with the franchise of mm -hmm. the New York Larry. She sets a franchise record. With 45 points. That's insane. Uh, 12 boards, man. She went nuts. Her career, her career mark. Um, yeah, I watched all of it. I broke down, I like put a ah. little highlight tape together of it. <laughs> and uh, I gotta say, my overall conclusion is that Brianna Stewart's really good. <laughs> <laughs> she's not bad. <laughs> she's, she's not bad. Uh, I, I'd like to have her on my team uh, if yeah. I'm a coach, fam, uh, player, because you know, I mean, we talked about this with Stewie. Like, mm -hmm. she is a player that just kind of fits in. 
You know, yeah. she don't have to do much to put her in. She kind of has that Kevin Durant ish quality where it's like, just just get me on the court and you put me with four other people, I'll figure it out. I think that's what happened in this game. She was just doing the right things. Five cutting and transition, trailing when she needed to, yeah. lifting on the on the opposite side of a pick and roll, rolling to the right play. It was just like doing a bunch of little things. There was not like too many, like, oh my God, crazy shots. There's a couple of them, but it was mainly like just like easy buckets that she was able to put herself in the right place for. Yeah, no, I mean, she's amazing. I mean, obviously when they, when New York came here to DC for opening night, I mean, a little bit disjointed with their chemistry. Mm -hmm. And we knew that would be the case with Courtney Vandersloot, Sabrina Inescu, like everybody trying to find their niche in terms of the chemistry with that team, John Quill Jones. I mean, it, it was, you could tell, you know, they, they weren't quite, molded mm-hmm. and meshed together yet but with Stewie I mean Washington in that first game did a good job of jamming her space but I think with what she is able to do just overall as a player like her her skill set if you snapshot that I mean obviously a three levels three level score but obviously also uh she picks and chooses when she's going to strike where she's going to strike um way ahead of time Right. She's like two thoughts ahead of everyone else on the floor and sometimes their teammates, which is that'll that'll get meshed together. (laughs) But I just think that um, she just sees the game in a different way and she knows where and and what her strengths are and she knows how to impact the game. So those 45 points, 12 boards like that was an amazing performance by her. But that was just what she does. Right. And even with the 45 points and that sounds gaudy and uh, wow Mm -hmm. and everything like that. I mean, she was so methodical with how she just attacked every single possession, how she wanted to. Like, that game was played how she wanted to. She wasn't disrupted. That was what she wanted to do, and she did it. I mean, yeah. that's just matter of fact, but that's what she's been doing, right? And and, and to your point on the connectivity of the team, mm-hmm. like, it just looked a lot better in the second game. Turns yeah. out, uh, you know, they didn't get to get one game under them, I think, yeah. Um, you know, Washington's defense is really difficult to play against. We'll talk about the Mystics in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. like, you, like you said, like they really jammed her. They really got into her space in Washington. Mm-hmm. And Indiana just doesn't quite have the personnel to do that. You know, instead of mm-hmm. instead of having Sykes, Cloud, Atkins to throw around on the perimeter, you know, you're throwing around Lexi Hall and, and some of these other players. And no offense to Lexi Hall. Yeah. Who, who is, actually, Lexi Hall had a decent game. Cardi yeah. Brianna Stewart, all things considered. That's um, a tough task. It, it's a tough task. And and so it, it's just like a different personnel situation where, but I also do think like they put her into the right spots where it's like, hey, Stewie, mm-hmm. you know, hang out in the corner, find your spot when you need it. it they let her run some pick and rolls still with yeah. John Quell. And like, I think that's going to be great. I think the the inverted pick and rolls that they'll probably get into with Sloot or uh, Sabrina setting screens is also going to be amazing. And mm-hmm. Sloot and Sabrina were also like, they're not going to get as much credit in this game. I thought they were excellent. I believe they tossed like four or five assists to Stewie. Okay. And, and a couple of them were like, you know, Stewart was just at the basket and the ball appeared in her hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, I, I think those two really got their stuff together. Easier against Indiana's defense, a young team that, you know, still getting it together. Um, crucially, I think a team that didn't run as much as Washington did. Right. Which I think is going to be a big weakness for New York early going at the very least, like in transition, yeah. their defense, there's, there's holes there with Van Der Sloot, with John Quell, 
players who don't really push it necessarily on transition defense early in the season. I think they'll get into shape and they'll change as the games get more important. But right. you know, it all it all came together and, and and you're right. It just kind of felt like, you know, hey, you look up, Stewie has 25, and then you look up again, she has like 30. And then you look up again, and it's like, <laughs> okay, we're in 40. Like she about to hit the the franchise record. It just happened so fast because yeah. it, it was all well within the flow of the offense. And I thought that's a, that's a really good sign for New York. I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's going to take them some time to, to gain that chemistry and rhythm, mm-hmm. but you know, against uh, Washington in that first game, Washington had 16 fast break points, yeah. but, and we'll talk about the mystics in a while, but you know, in the mystics last two games, they only had two in mm-hmm. two games, two fast break points on Sunday against Connecticut and none um, in their most recent game Tuesday. So, I mean, when you see Washington and their ability to go 16 to two advantage in that New York game, mm-hmm. pushing tempo, I mean, they were forcing turnovers. I mean, they had 13 steals against New York. So, I mean, I think that speaks also to the chemistry or lack thereof out of the gates. But I mean, when you can have 13 steals and turn a team over 22 times, mm-hmm. right. And, and get into the open court, I mean, that bodes well for a team like Washington, but they haven't been able to recreate that kind of production for their fast break points um, since that game. But in terms of getting back, right, it's also about taking care of the ball, (laughs) right? It's also about, you know, making sure you know your personnel in in certain situations, come and meet passes, don't wait for the ball to come to you, like run through the ball. So, you know, they're just um, some basics and fundamentals, but there's also some chemistry pieces that, you know, need to come along, but you know, that's something that, that reps will handle in practice more so than anything. Yeah. I think, you know, it's a good, really good example of what happens in the regular season of both the NBA and the WNBA, especially early on. It's like, do you have a strength that can attack the other team's weakness? So what, what was New York's weakness against Washington turnovers, transition defense, Washington had the capability of creating turnovers and then taking it down in transition, thanks in large part to Brittany Sykes. So there was a big difference from last year. Last year, they could create the turnovers. They couldn't take it down in transition. Against, against Indiana, New York still had 18 turnovers, still had provided those transition opportunities. But Indiana's not a team that can take, take that, right? So they can't take those transition opportunities as well as, as D.C. could. They didn't couldn't yeah. create the turnovers to be live ball turnovers rather than dead ball turnovers. There you go. So it, it, it just created a different situation in which New York was able to succeed. And then you get, once New York was able to get into the half court, it's one of those games as an offense where you say, let's get into the half court because we can beat them. Whereas against Washington, I would say most teams are saying, we don't want to get in a half court game with them because their, their half court defense is too good. And then you look at what Connecticut does, the fourth team in this equation, they're really good at limiting transition opportunities. Yeah. They're really, they, they want to make it a slugfest for you offensively. Yeah. And that's what they did. And it's a yep. great matchup to what Washington wants to do. And I think they're going to have to, it, it's one of those things that like, as the season progresses, you're going to see these advantages and disadvantages be reckoned with by the coaching mm-hmm. staff. But early in the season, it's really about figuring out what your advantages and disadvantages are in every single matchup. No doubt. And it's exactly what Connecticut did to Indiana in their first game. Mm-hmm. You know, they were so disruptive. They they made them uncomfortable and speaking with Stephanie White in DC when they were playing the Mystics on Tuesday, that's what she told me before the game. She mm-hmm. was like, we just want them to be uncomfortable. Right. And, and that doesn't mean like anything egregious. That just means we want to blow up any action that they want. We won't blow up that hammer action. They like to get mm-hmm. for uh, 
Alana Deladon, you know, on that fade screen to mm -hmm. the left uh, foul line extended area. They want to blow that up. They did a good job of just messing that all up every time they tried uh, to get it. Even at the end of the game, they tried to get that same action and, and couldn't. So I think when when you have someone like Stephanie White, who has 15 years experience as a player or a coach in the league, she understands um, what it takes to win. That's why they're 3-0 and in Connecticut right now, mm -hmm. even without John Cole Jones. Um, and even without um, Jasmine Thomas, who's with L.A. And obviously, um, John Cole Jones is with New York. But with, yeah. um, with what Connecticut has been able to do defensively, throwing Rebecca Allen on the floor, too, and, and showing that strength um, and length. That's, that's just a tough matchup for a lot of teams in terms of how they play defense. Um, they don't like to switch a lot. They will if they have to. Only like, look like on emergency situations, they would switch sometimes. But for the most part, they're staying over top on pick and rolls. So that's even harder, right, when, when teams fight over top. And Connecticut does a really good job of doing that. So um, especially with their length. So it's very disruptive. So um, kudos to Stephanie White to be out of the gates with, with that great 3-0 and record. But, you know, she knows it's about the defense. And that's what she said. You know, we just have to be disruptive, make them uncomfortable. And that's been working out for them pretty well. Yeah, and I think that's the kind of personnel they have this year, right? Yeah. They have the personnel. I mean, Liz Thomas, dog. Dewana Bonner, dog. Natisha Heideman, dog. Bree Jones, dog. Like, it's a, it's a team of dogs. And, like, you mentioned Beck Allen. And, and, you know, we weren't necessarily planning on talking about Connecticut, but I think it's a good time. They're, yeah, they're but, looking I good. And I think most, yeah. a lot of people may have been surprised by it. I'm not. Me either. Um, because Beck Allen, she makes the spacing make sense. I mean, as much as I love John Quell, and, and she was amazing with this team. And there's no sense in, I'm not even coming close to saying that <laughs> Beck Allen and John Quell Jones are the same player. Just like, in basketball, right. you need spacing. Offensive yeah. spacing, and they finally have it with Beck Allen. She needs to stay healthy. She needs to continue exactly. hitting shots, but it's yeah. opened a lot of it's opened a lot of room for them. And I think um, the other thing defensively, like you mentioned, they're they're going to do their thing. Um, but I just I, I like the way the team's set up. I love Tiffany Hayes. People forget like Tiff, Tiff Hayes, man. She's a talk about dog out there. She can get to the rim. She can shoot. She does a little bit of everything. Big reason why they don't have to switch because. Tiffany Hayes is gonna get over that screen. She's gonna get fun. through it, and she's gonna she's gonna cause illegal screens because of how hard she fights through her yep. and Alyssa Thomas. Yeah, not only from how they fight through it, but how they flop through it as well. Um, but <laughs> they're gonna get those. Hey, he said that. No, he said it. Hey, to everyone flopping, I love you. I love flop. I love flopping. It's a skill. I hope you practice it. It's re and you know you know what it is. It's wrestling. They do oh, the same yeah. exact thing in wrestling. Yeah. You have to sell. You have to sell getting hit. Sell it. Yeah. You have to sell getting hit in, in, in basketball. So floppers, I love you. But regardless, Tiffany Hayes, it, it, she's just such an, a great addition to what they want to do mm -hmm. um, defensively and offensively. I just like the way this team's made up. And, yeah, they got a little bit worse talent-wise without John Quell, but they may make a little bit more sense, and, and that may matter more in basketball. Yeah, no, that's true. I, I like that Connecticut looks different this yeah. year. Um, and, and no shade to anyone, but I just think it's intriguing when you can have so much size on the floor. I mean, outside of Natisha Heidemann at one point in uh, the Mystics game here in DC, I mean, I think everyone else was six, two and above, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that, that's just tough, you know, to create any, um, any lanes to attack offensively. And, you know, Washington wanted to, to 
you know, spread them out in their pick and roll actions and then attack and get some paint threes, um, some drives and kicks. But they weren't making those shots on the outside. I think they were mm -hmm. one for eight from three in the third quarter because Connecticut's so long and disruptive, right? They were there to close out with the stick arm and, and really making it difficult in those paint three attempts by Washington. And that's when they kind of opened the game up as well in the third quarter in Washington. So, I mean, Rebecca Allen, I mean, she brings that professional experience, that national team experience from Australia. So she brings a toughness too. I mean, she's on yeah. the glass. It's not just her ability to defend, but she, you know, she shoot the ball very well also. And another floor spacer for Connecticut. So I, I'm intrigued by the lineup uh, and what they're able to present on the court so far in their three and zero start. I, I like it. I like it. And you know, their defense is tough to contend with. And I think you're going to see that um, really be something that they hang their hat on moving forward throughout the season for sure. And look, you know, Stephanie white. Uh, she's not new. She's not new to this. Like this, she's a coach that has a ton of experience. And one of the things she has a ton of experience is in building a great defense. You know, she did yeah. that in Indiana. She was only there for a year. She took him to the finals that year. Finals. Just for the record. Uh, but like she, she was a hand in that great defense and it's easier when you have a team of catchings, but you, you got an Alyssa Thomas, you got a Tiffany Hayes, you got Dewana Bonner. That's a great defensive yeah. layout. We'll see if they can keep it up. Um, and yeah. you know, they've had every year they've had injuries really take something away. I want some yeah. health this year. So okay. everyone, everyone stay healthy in Connecticut. Um, I will not be going back to Connecticut under any circumstances though. What happened? I, don't, I just didn't like it. It's hard to get, it was hard to get there. Uh, no offense to Uncasville, but man, I'm not going back there. Um, <laughs> I'm not a casino guy and all the bars in the casino closed at like 11. So then it was just the casino. Ah. And I was like, okay, so this is not, if, I, we need, if, if the Mohegan Sun wants to call me, I have suggestions for what to do with your casino oh, to make it, to go. make it more fun. Businessman Gabe. I like it. Yeah. I'll be a consultant and then I'll go back to Connecticut. <laughs> so let, let, let's talk about Washington, a team I will be going to their stadium more. Yeah. Um, even though they want to charge me $20 for parking every game. Did you know this? Insane. Yeah. So let's see if you can get a, uh, media parking pass or something like they that have this? they don't they didn't offer me one all right i'm gonna ask regardless um christy christy you gotta understand i'm not you <laughs> I'm i have been there for a couple minutes man you know how it goes i'm just like how y'all doing i mean you know <laughs> sometimes yeah. anyway we'll get it but you know uh yeah we'll washington one and two, one and two to start. Uh, what what do you what have you seen that's kind of been one of the, the storylines so far in these first two games? Obviously, we mentioned it. Big one against New York at first, huge. Felt kind of a, like honestly like an emotional outburst there. Um, and then two losses to Connecticut, a team that it provides a lot of challenges for Washington now and before now and probably forever. Um, so. What have, what have you seen that's been like the biggest thing for you? Um, I'm, I'm saying if, you, if you're looking at storylines, I'm going at the top, you know, with Elena Deladon, mm -hmm. looking great. Yes. Looking great. Okay. And I think that's that was the question going into opening weekend. I mean, even at media day, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Are you healthy? Uh, how's the back? You know, how's and it back? took you, you know, you were there. It took like five or six questions before we got to her back. You know, mm -hmm. we wanted to know about her as a person and everything else. 
But at the end of the day, you know, she missed 11 games last year for load management because of her back surgeries. And I just think that, you know, for her to say at media day, I'm not planning on missing any games for load management this year. Like I'm going in, like we're not, you know, spot checking like every two games, no back to backs. Like she doesn't have any rules on when she's playing or not. Um, so, you know, that that means that she feels great. Um, obviously in the first three games, I'll be at a one and two start. We get it, but mm -hmm. she has looked fantastic physically and mentally. Um, I know in that game on Sunday, she was extremely frustrated because at six, five, it's not, you know, uh, the bigger they are, the harder you can hit them. Um, we saw that with Shaq. Um, can I say so something that you, that you can't say? Okay. The refs at, during Sunday's game against – I'm not a big refs guy. And I'm not saying this is why the – You are not. Like, You're not. Yeah. I'm not a big refs guy. I only complain about them when they affect the game, the flow of the game. Not when they make bad calls. Everyone makes bad calls. I can accept Human. Human. Yeah. They were terrible. I know there was only two of them, but both of them yeah. were awful. Yeah. Eric Tebow got a tech in like the first quarter. I was like, yeah, he's right. Because he was right. He got that first tech. And for one of the most impressive coaching performances I've ever seen for him not to get the second tech. Because there's no way I stay in that game. There's no way. I would have got kicked out. I'm, I don't know how Natasha didn't get a tech. Uh, oh. Not for lack of trying. I think they were just tired of, of fighting everyone. But... <laughs> Uh, that was all right. That, that's all I want to say. The refs were bad. No, I mean, yeah, they did. And, you know, I was agreeing uh, with you on the fact that there were only two officials. One official went out um, with, I don't know, an injury or something. I don't know what happened. So they didn't have a fourth official at the table, which most times they do. I was kind of, it was kind of bizarre that they didn't have um, another official to, uh, to step in to make sure that the floor had three officials carrying the game. Mm -hmm. um, so for it already to be frustrating and then to drop down to two officials, it was quite something uh, on the road for Washington. But to hear Elena Deladon say, you know, I'm tired of being treated like a rookie, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> with how I'm being officiated. And first of all, I mean, we've been around Elena Deladon, you know, I have from, you know, from Delaware, even high school for her. Um, but then, you know, to see her play in the WNBA, I mean, she doesn't make comments like that after every single game. She doesn't make comments like that during the game. I mean, you could see the outward expressions from Elena Deladon in that contest where she was just, she just had it. She was just like, mm. seriously, like what's happening? Um, but she had other words, but, <laughs> that, but we, you know, we called that game from, from DC. And I think I said something to Megan McPeak, like, well, this is, you know, Elena Deladon 99% of the time is not going to say anything yeah. or be demonstrative at all with her um, nonverbal communication. No, she's not going to shoot you any eyeballs or anything, but that game, I was like, this is that game where it's that 1% that she's just going to have to say. But there was there were a couple times, man, where she was just getting touched up egregiously and there were no whistles whatsoever. I mean, by two people. And, it you know, and if she fouled and if it's an offensive foul, then call that too. And I think I said that because she kind of hooked somebody. Uh, well, I think she hooked Brianna Jones or something like that. And on the replay, you could see it real time. We missed it. On the replay, you could see Deladon hooking. And I'm like, we'll call that too. I mean, if that's a foul, like, I'm not saying it like, oh, my God, for Washington, make all the calls. I'm like, make the call, right? Um, 
you know, it was make, very the proper, make the proper call, make the proper call. And um, I think they, they did, they missed on a couple of them um, on both sides, obviously with Del Dunn hooking them. I mean, that's a foul. Uh, but there's no whistle on that either. So, I mean, for me, it's all about the integrity of the game. It's always going to be like that. Um, and I, you know, I said as much in the game, you know, on Sunday, there are a lot of instances where I'm like, wow, how does that just go mm-hmm. uncalled? Like no call, <laughs> no whistle. It was a lot, but you have to stay focused. I mean, you know, life's not going to be all easy. There's life lesson, right? Where it's not going to be all, you know, they show that little picture where it's like what you think it's going to be like mm-hmm. a straight line, but what it ends up to be all these twists and turns and up and down roller coaster. Like you're going to have to stay the course and it's not a straight line. There's going to be some rough parts and you got to stay tough in those. And that's what that game taught Washington, I think. Well, and I think it was, it was like, they did get, distracted in my opinion in the in sunday's game um in sunday's game i think they did get a little distracted i thought shakira she she played well um, she, she played she played great she honestly had some really awesome post moves double, double. but yeah. but like you, you could tell like it was like every time she shot she's calling for the foul it's like you know i think i think eric was able to put it behind him the refs he's just able to say okay we, we just have to deal with it and the team struggled a little bit with that um i think you know it'll be okay that there it's really shakira is so young that i think it adds a different dimension in that regard to this team in terms of the emotional and and that emotional stay is good too when we have shakira being you know really hype um it's it's good for that team but i i think it's you know it kind of is not the best attitude and then you know you, you look around um in both these games against connecticut and the offense you know struggled I think, as we mentioned against New York, they were really able to get out in transition. Their defense was incredible. They were playing against a team that was not as well conditioned as them, and they were able to take advantage of that. And their shooting was good. Right. And so all of those things came together. You know, you had, you had Chris Tolliver making big contributions. You had yeah. Tiana Hawkins making big contributions. Every, everyone was playing really well. Kind of felt like the heat uh, through most of those playoffs. Whereas like everyone's doing something and everyone's making the right decisions and we're doing and we're doing it at a higher speed than everyone else. Right. Last two games, you play against an opponent who really takes away those transition opportunities, makes you work for everything. We saw a little bit of the half-court problems that we saw last year with this team. Mm-hmm. And so my question to you is, you know, where do where do you look for the solutions? Obviously, Elena is doing Elena's thing. Shakira is becoming more and more of a scorer. She is. What else needs to happen for this offense to kind of go in together? Because, you know, we could look at uh, Natasha Kyle had a rough day yesterday. Eric Lackins not hasn't like two kind of like quieter games yeah and then britney sykes she she scored but it wasn't like you know a ton of of contributions like she did in that first game so what what do you think the mystics need to do to fix that half court offense situation oh you know i i would say to be more patient but it's almost like no it's almost like get the earliest best shot i think they work better and they look better to me three games in um, I think they look better when they are attacking quickly, mm-hmm. when they're in the first 10 seconds of the shot clock and they get their early actions. Because after that, then it, it almost looks like they're settling or if things break down, now you have bad spacing. Mm-hmm. I've seen a little bit, a couple of times where players are right next to each other, like running, like almost crashing into each other. And that's how close they've been. So I think they're still working on the rhythm of their spacing, which takes time as well. Um, even though these players aren't new to one another, like Tiana Hawkins is not new 
to this group. Uh, you know, Chrissy Tolliver is, is back. I mean, Troy Walker Kimbrough left, came back. Like, they still need that time to to redevelop the chemistry that they once had. So it's not a given just because on paper they returned seven players from the championship squad in 2019. Mm -hmm. There's got to be also, uh, you know, some grace given to them redeveloping that chemistry because they're all different, right? Ariel Atkins was a baby when they won the championship, right? Um, they don't even have Maisha Hines Allen on the court with her left knee injury. So there's a lot still to come for this Washington Mystics team. But for me, uh, when they are in their early actions in the quarter court, that's when they're at their best. You know, when they're in their first two or three um, options in their offense, that's when they look the most sharp. Um, after that, it it really it kind of becomes convoluted and they kind of, you know, stuck in mud a little bit. And um, and maybe they'll get a shot, a good shot, you know, later in the clock. But it's it, to me, they just look more in rhythm when when they are striking quickly. And obviously in that New York game, when they struck 16 times in the fast break, you know, uh, for 16 fast break points, they look great when they're in the open floor. So I think a lot of that is getting the stops necessary. That was one of the keys last night is to, you know, keep Connecticut off the glass, off the second chance point opportunities on the offensive boards, like get the defensive boards, get it and go, right? Push mm -hmm. it with the pass. I think a lot of times in that Connecticut game, excuse me, on Tuesday, you know, there are a lot of times Washington, I thought, could have pushed ahead with the pass. Like, get it to the corner. Like, even if you don't shoot that shot, I think Brittany Sykes knocked in a couple of threes. You know, I don't know if they were transition necessarily, but I know she hit a couple. But she was open in the left corner on this one particular possession I'm thinking of. And I'm like, send it there because that's going to open up the floor. Even if she doesn't launch it, like, that's going to pull the defense out. So now, like, a player like Shakira Austin, who moves very well without the ball, Right. She can take a hard slice cut right there mm -hmm. and then get an easy layup. But you've got to force the defense outside of the paint Great. and then attack inside. And I think they're much better also when they are in attack mode for the paint. And whether that's scoring in there or getting, like I said, paint threes, 10 toes down and, and get the kick out to a made three opportunity. And I think, you know, them again, going one for eight in the third quarter from three, I think really hampered them. Yeah. But Cloud and Atkins, they've got to be consistent. They've got to give you at least 12 points each. They've got to give you 12 and an efficient 12. And maybe they had almost 12, but they were missing uh, shots that they would typically make. And and even with um, Atkins a couple of times, I mean, you saw the frustration in her a little bit. Yeah. She missed that layup. She was a little frustrated. And Tosh missed that shot at the end of the first half. And she was like Arthur Fist, like pushing mm -hmm. down on the ground. Like she was mad. Arthur and she, I mean, and I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. You should be frustrated. And yeah, you got to make those shots. And she knows it, you know, yeah. Ariel, and Ariel knows it. So it's not like I'm like, oh, this, how about this tip? No, they understand yeah. what they need to do. But um, it's just got to be consistent. They know how to do it. They've done it before, clearly. Um, but that's just something that's going to help the chemistry continue to grow is them being consistent with their shots, them being efficient with their shots from the outside. And knowing when to attack, right? And and when to kick it forward with the pass in transition, right? To mm -hmm. spread the defense out. And then now you can get easy trail layup, you know, on a rim run. You got to be able to do that, though, on a consistent basis. So that's what I think can help them in terms of their overall pace of play. And I think so. There's a, there's a few things. So um, the first thing, as you mentioned, they were really good in the early actions, really good in the open court. Yeah. And I think that comes just a little bit from them being more of a team that's 
not necessarily like a motion team. They're just like mm-hmm. an it's like an action based mm-hmm. plan rather than a set plan, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's more of like the Golden State Warriors model. Everyone likes it. It's very pretty. Twenty nineteen. It looked beautiful, right? It, it takes time to get to pretty. It takes exactly. time to get to pretty. It takes condition to get to pretty. It takes practice to get to pretty. So when you don't run a lot of sets, I think it's it's something that comes up just like when you're trying to get your flow. It's you have to learn how to play with each other a lot more than the team Excellent. who runs, you know, runs everything out of horns. Like the Minnesota has like a ton of sets, right? That just gets them into a place where they can r- play hoop a little bit more. Right. The, the Mystics are kind of always in we're hooping mode of like, you know, we're just running sex, we're running actions, you know, pin down here. That that just gets us into it. So I, I think that'll come along a little bit more. Maybe in the interim, there's opportunities to put more sets into this offense. I think when you're playing with two post players that you want to get touches for, yeah. like you need you need to get more sets because just players. I don't know if it's players nowadays. That it's hard to get the ball into the post in basketball yeah. if you don't run a set. And so I, I think, yeah, yeah, right. I agree. Yeah, so I think maybe adding that a little bit more would be good, but I think it's going to come along. I think the offense will be better at the very least going forward. But with Ariel Atkins, you know, I, I have to say I, I was a, I, I was a little disappointed in the last two games. Um, yeah. She needs to be a star, and, and we say this, we, we've said this a lot, and and like we've said always, she's gotten, she gets better at like things every year. Mm-hmm. She's just incremental improvement, incremental improvement, incremental improvement, and she's a star. She's the U.S. She's an Olympian, gold medalist. There's no denying that she's a star. Just like I want to see her offensively take a little bit more ownership of this team right. um, and, and just say, you know, hey, yeah, we have Landell on. I didn't get mine, though. She only took nine. She took, what, nine shots in the last game. Um, yeah. Nine shots in the game in the first game against Connecticut, seven shots in the last game. She should never go two for seven or two for nine. I need her to have that Dion Waiters mentality of like. <laughs> I'd rather go 0 for 40 than 1 for 9 because 1 for 9 means I stop shooting. Yeah. Like, so I, I need her to just take it a little bit more and say, I need to okay. produce more. And that doesn't mean just like that, that little dribble, dribble, step to the side, you know, mid-ranger. I, mm-hmm. I like that as your as your kind of like bailout and the shot clock. But I want yeah. her to get downhill more and, and really, you know, show her stuff because I think she's kind of seeding that. That, that responsibility to Cloud and to Sykes because they're a little better at it. But I need Ariel to do it too because she needs to be the second best player on this team for them to go places, right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, and I know last year that was a point of emphasis for Ariel individually. You know, mm-hmm. she came into last season saying, I want to get to the free throw line more. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to I want to put my shoulders down and drive and get into the bat and get into the paint um, and finish at the basket. So, I mean, I think that's still there for her to do. I think that, you know, every year, I think once you put that in the atmosphere, like this yeah. is what I want to improve upon. It's not just for that year. Right. It's like forever moving forward that you want that as uh, part of your skill set. So I think she's still working on, you know, the. At the win, she already knows how, but I think yeah. it's the win to do it, right? Yeah. I mean, when you have uh, the two post players in there, it, it, the spacing is a little different. And I think that's what Eric Tebow is kind of alluding to um, with their pick and roll actions, saying mm-hmm. that we're too crowded in our pick and roll actions. And, you know, that defense is being drawn from, from a big, right? So your second line of defense when you're trying to finish at the rim is huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, you have to pick and choose when to attack. So it's not like, I don't think she's like not attacking. Yeah. Okay. I just think she's trying to figure out 
when to attack. Okay, so that's different. It's not that she's shying away from from that action. She's just trying to figure out how do I get in there when there's so many bodies in the way, yeah. right? And, and her and, teammate and her teammates have to find her too. And her teammates have to find her. Um, and Eric said, you know, Eric Tebow said before the Connecticut game on Tuesday, he said we've got to find a way to get her um, not to take the most difficult shot in the possession, right? Yeah. And I think that's what we've seen from her. I mean, she is taking that dribble and then to the side, right? Yeah. Um, and, and pulling. But I think also yesterday um, there was an opportunity for her. It was like, I think it was a paint three. Was it in a paint three or a paint long two where she got it kicked out to her mm -hmm. and, and she knocked it in? And, um, you know, those are the Love kinds that. of shots that we were used to seeing from Ariel Atkins, right? Penetration and kick, you know, when they had Miesemann and, you know, um, but Miesemann wasn't necessarily back to the basket. When she was on the floor with Elena Deladon, it was like a four out, one in kind of situation, more so than, um, you know, two posts. Like it is kind of now, it's almost reverse, like with Shakira being the one kind of anchored on the, on the block and Deladon floating a little bit more. Um, in the four position. So I don't know. It, it's got to be a, a win to go for Ariel Atkins. And I think she's going to get it. And, and again, you know, the chemistry is still um, redeveloping itself for the mystics, even though they're familiar, like I said, with one another, they still have to have this time to formulate um, what the actions look like with Eric Tebow there now as the head coach. And I'm sure they're running a lot of the same actions, but you know, they're different, even mm -hmm. though they're the same name, Oh, you know, across their back, <laughs> they're different as players. Different roles. Add more to their game. Like Ariel wants to add more to her game. So it's not, you know, they're not like in a box, you know, yeah. like they're growing, like they're always yeah. growing their game. So you just have to, you know, give them some grace with that too. But I think they'll get it. Um, it looked better yesterday in, in snatches, mm -hmm. their spacing in the quarter court, but uh, Atkins will get it. And I think Cloud will too. I mean, Cloud was attacking, she just wasn't finishing. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Natasha, like to me, like any any offensive thing from Natasha, like I obviously she has a ton of turnovers. That's yeah. a problem. Outside yeah. of that, like Natasha, like you you do your thing. You get to the rim, you're gonna you're gonna make the right passes. Like it, we you're not you shouldn't be as reliant on her scoring. Mm -hmm. you, you have to be a little bit more reliant on, on a player like Atkins. And yeah, I, I'm with you. So again, I mean, just in like the most simple terms, right? Like she has moved from the shooting guard to the small forward. If you want to have positions, she is more of a small forward yeah. now with Brittany Sykes taking on more of the ball handling responsibilities. So right. that will necessitate, necessitate her getting the ball more from her teammates. But yeah, right. I think you have to just, you, if the boat is built out of scoring offensively, if the boat's going to be built out of scoring from, in this order, Elena Deladon, Ariel Atkins, and Shakira Austin, mm -hmm. then Ariel Atkins needs to do it every night. And I think she can. I yeah. think she will. And I don't think this is like, this is not indicative of what she's going to do this season. Just something I want to see a little bit more. Um, you know what I want? And, and maybe I've just been watching too much of the Miami Heat. What? But like, I want a little bit of Jimmy Butler from okay. Ariel Atkins. Like, I'm, I'm scoring here. I'm scoring expletive right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm the bleep Jimmy now. I'm freaking scoring. Butler. Yeah, Jimmy freaking Butler. Like, I'm going. I'm, Ariel I'm freaking Atkins. I'm beating you with the rip. Uh, two dribbles, jump stop, score. Yeah, I, I'd love to see that just a little bit more. Just yeah, uh, you know. and I think she she's totally capable. She has a great great in the triple threat, in my opinion. I think she has a really good first step. I think that's something she could do a little more, but just like a little bit more, like you know, like f you in your in your programming. I think you got you got three players with that cloud. 
uh, Sykes and Shakira mm-hmm. all kind of play with that like attitude. I think Elena plays the attitude in, in like a more in a different way. It's but, like, yeah, yeah, she she's a superstar, right? You know, it, it's a little different when you're that, like, that fire. No, it yeah. doesn't display it. That I means it's not there now. Exactly. It's yeah, down she, in there. It's 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 in there, but it's like here. It's it, it there, and and I think Ariel really has that sort of. You know, she also has that. Yeah. It, it's competitive fire, but I want, to, I want it to be nasty. I want it to be like, no, this is a mine. Like, a, not yeah. only are we winning, I'm beating you. Yeah. And I want to see her just do that a little bit more sometimes. And she she has, I think she will. She will be fine. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, you know, a couple rough games. But I, I think the Mystics overall, that's our feeling with the Mystics too, is like. Agreed. It, it'll be okay. I think when they start playing teams that are not Connecticut and don't have Alyssa Thomas, I think things get a lot easier. Uh, now, not just in terms of the basketball, but in terms of like, your life because you don't have to see Alyssa Thomas and Marie Jones and that massive team over there. Yeah. I mean, and, and the physicality and, and that's not a negative. I mean, just saying like, I mean, all, every team is physical. Okay. So it's not like Connecticut's like this, like overly physical team, but they are disruptive and their, their length, especially on the perimeter is, you know, it's mm-hmm. taking away passing lanes. It's, you know, active hands in the, in the passing lanes. And it makes you think, you know, a couple of miscues down the stretch for Washington against Connecticut in the second game in particular were because they were very aggressive in the passing mm-hmm. lanes and their ability to anticipate and go the other way and play Mystics basketball, right? Steal and score. And, and that's what kind of broke the game open um, down the stretch with, you know, a couple of uh, miscues. And, and it was just unfortunate for Washington. So, uh, yeah, Connecticut's a dangerous team. But Washington, I mean, they have time to get right. They have. Uh, Chicago coming up next. That'll be a great game on the road on Friday. So, no games tonight, though. I know. Uh, that's no NBA. They're going to replay uh, NBA TV. They're going to replay some stuff. That's what I'm saying. I know, but I don't want to watch the game from last night. I don't want to watch a heat game from last night. Oh, yeah. That wasn't fun. That wasn't fun. I mean, I'm glad. They only need one more. Look, I'm glad the Boston Celtics are not gutless cowards like they showed in in game three. True. My, I didn't. I didn't want to work out yesterday. Was it yesterday? Or the day before? I think it was the day before. I was like, I told, I told my wife Emily, I was like, I don't want to work out today. Like, I don't think I have that dog in me. And she was like, Do you want to be like the Boston Celtics? Do you want to just give up on the day? I, I was like, Damn, that's such a good. That's such a good. Did you get up? I went up and I worked out. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going out like that. And yeah, so yeah. Boston said, "Good for the Boston Celtics." I'm glad they decided not to go out like that. Uh, game five will be very okay, Emily. <laughs> shouts, shouts to Emily. But yeah, no, no basketball. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do tonight. Maybe I'm gonna watch uh, other basketball. That's, that's yeah. There's I'm always doing. something on. You can find something. Is there Euro League? Ma- ma- Europe? Europe? Aim? If you got Somebody. basketball suggestions tonight, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. My way. I got. I got, I got nothing but time. <laughs> oh, I do gotta go to practice though. We're both late for something, so we should we should head out. Oh yeah, we got it. Yeah. Jordan's almost out of school. <laughs> He's not quite driving yet. He can't walk home. I know, but he, you know, he has practice later in the same uh, <laughs> run but anywho, He said what? He should run home. Get yeah. those legs stretched out. Get a good stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe one day, but not today though. You know, mommy's going to go get him. So, <laughs> but anywho, Hey, look, there's so much WNBA news popping every single day. So make sure that you come back here next time for more Courtside with Christy and Gabe as we keep you in touch with the pulse of the league, okay, with our popcorn and our cranberry juice with the lime. No ice. (laughs) Right here as we're sitting Courtside, uh, being entertained by these dynamic 
young people, these young women. I'm telling you, it's been so exciting just to see the sports world mm-hmm. embrace the WNBA this season once again. I love it. So WNBA Twitter has been fun too. Just follow that hashtag if you're not already. But also yeah. follow us on our Twitters. The, our Twitters Christy are Fifty One W Scott. That's, that's me. That's mine, me. It's building more up. Of less yeah, getting it better. It's, it's good now. She's um, Christy Scott. It was her birthday yesterday. Oh yeah. She just turned thirty, just like me. Again. Again. Are you are you still going with 30? My mom turned 35 a couple years ago. I said 29 yesterday and okay. holding, but then I was getting some 25s and even a 22 oh. yesterday. But I think people were being overly kind. But, uh, you know, that's fine. Younger I'll, than me. I just turned 30. I'm just, I'm, see, we're the same. Good. Um, but no, I, it was, you know, it was a fun day. And, and no place I'd rather be than in a gym anyway. I had a nice breakfast with my mom and then whole family came down. Well, the kids, oh. well, Jordan had practice, so he couldn't come to the mystics game but my mom my older son my daughter came and so jordan was busy getting another offer from the <laughs> division one school which is something we're gonna have to talk about in this podcast at some point we'll talk about it at one point but yeah he was in the gym but he was working out in the gym i was just All in the right. gym like having a good old time and you know monumental and um NBC Sports Washington, they were very sweet, gave me a cake, and my brother was there, gave me some flowers, and so it was really a sweet, sweet night, so I really enjoyed my my moment in time around the sun, whatever. <laughs> it was awesome. Gemini season. Thank you, Gabe. I appreciate it, and on that note, we're going to get up out of here. We don't have to go home, but we got to get up out of here this time, but come back right here on Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network for more Courtside with Christy and Gabe with WNBA news all season long, and we'll see you next time.